So I'm going to read Psalm 23 two ways, at least, today. And the first one is from the New Revised Standard Updated Version. At the end of my sermon, I'll be reading it again from the message. Um, so hear these words this day. And I'm going to ask that you close your eyes as I read them, because this is, this is something that you already know. And sometimes if we take away one of our senses, we can let that come right down into our hearts. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths for his name's sake, in the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. May God grant us understanding of these words this day, the word of God for the people of God. So I'm going to let you in on a little secret, and that is when I come to like the last month or last weeks of an interim, I do this thing that, um, that feeds my soul while we work together, and that is I preach all the sermons that I really want to preach that I might not have preached before or that I've preached long enough ago that I've changed. The, the way I see it may have changed, and so... Um, what you'll see this month are, the, are sermons around um, things that I haven't done in a while or something that I always do at the end of, of an interim. And it just so happens that all of these next few scriptures come out of the First Testament. And so we're going to be looking a little bit at the Hebrew Bible and some of those stories. And the reason I do that is because if you read through the Hebrew Bible, you'll see that it's all about journeys. You know, they travel from one place to another. In all kinds of different ways. And so I usually go to those because we're going to end one journey and you're going to start another. And so we're going to talk about those things. So today is the 23rd Psalm. Now, how many of you know it by heart? Most of us have, have that, that within us, that we've learned it somewhere. I want to tell you a little bit of a story of a, a woman whose name is Joanne. And Joanne, when I met her, was ramping up to her 99th birthday. Tiny little woman with... Um, absolutely white hair. And you know, as I look back, I don't think I ever saw Joanne without a smile on her face. But a couple of years ago, when I was serving in La Grande, I had the privilege of doing a graveside service for her husband, um, who had been living in a skilled nursing uh, community um, because he was not, he was 
not able to move on his own. He lived, he, he was in a, a scooter and he was blind. And so um, I, you know, when I got to LeGrand, it was like um, just a couple months before everything closed down with COVID. And so I didn't actually get to meet him, but I got to know him through the things that Joanne and family told me. Um, Joanne was just this delightful woman. Um, and she always had a story to tell, always a story. Um, sometimes it took a while when I went to visit. <laughs> sometimes I, I would be there for a lot longer than I thought I was gonna be. But she told me the story of how pre-COVID, before things shut down, she would pack a, a picnic lunch and she would meet her husband at the care facility. There was a picnic table and they would sit outside and have lunch together every day. And they would also talk on the phone two or three times a day. It was just too much for her to care for him with his needs. And it wasn't safe for him to be home without being able to see or, and be able to move around. She lived in this small apartment complex. In fact, the first time it took me about 20 minutes to actually find her apartment because you had to go to the back and then you had to go this way and that way and this way and finally found her door that had this beautiful door knocker on it that um, obviously someone had crafted. I found out later it was her. And so she had this apartment and I would go visit and it would be a delight. She found out I liked coffee and she, she made coffee stronger than anything you could ever imagine. I was awake for two days after visiting. But it was such a delight to be with Joanne and to learn about her life. Now, when she did turn 99, and believe it or not, she's 101 now and going strong. But when she turned 99, um, it was during the lockdowns for COVID. And so what her family did was had a drive-by birthday party. Have you ever heard of one of those? Okay, so she got in her son's big pickup truck with the window down and the cars just drove by and greeted her, you know, gave her cards or whatever we decided to do. And she just beamed. If you can imagine just the sunshine on this day, and guess what? It was snowing. But I don't think any of us felt cold. So we would drive by in our cars and we would have this, this thing. And, and I started to pull away and she said, pastor, pastor. And I said, what Joanne? She said, I need a Bible okay, you need a Bible now or you need one at home? And she said, oh, I need one at home and I want the King James one. I just gave mine away. I'm like, okay, I'll get you one. Also for this 99th birthday, in some Southern Living Farmers magazine, her sons had put her story. And the story asked that people would send her cards from you know, for, to celebrate her birthday. Um, at last count, there were about 500 cards that came for Joanne and she kept them in this box. And every time I visited, she'd take out a handful to show me. You know, this woman from North Dakota sent um, an origami um, 
bird for her, and she had to show it to me. And, and this person from New York sent this beautiful handmade card. And so she had this joy about her. And when, when her husband died, um, they weren't able to do this service at that time. So she was saving up for it. She was, you know, that she knew that when things opened up again, we could do it. Well, she wanted it done before I left Legrand because we had this relationship. And so we had this, this service together, this graveside, out in this really remote cemetery where you wouldn't have had cell service if you tried. And we brought chairs and we had this thing. And the day that, that the service happened, it was a beautiful, sunshiny day until it wasn't. We were sitting there in the chairs. I was, I was preaching or doing, you know, the eulogy and all those kinds of things. And all of a sudden, there was this crack of lightning. And this rain just, I was soaked. She was soaked. I couldn't read my notes because my papers were soaked. And I'm like, oh, poor Joanne. You know, she's waited for this thing for so long, and this happened. And I, and I happened to look over at her, and she was grinning. She had the biggest smile on her face. And, and of course, I couldn't, you know, stop what I was doing. So I finished um, the service. We kind of went to the church building, dried out. And I said, Joanne, what was that about? And she said, oh, honey, Cecil would have loved this. He would have thought it was so funny. So she was one of those people that could see a silver lining in everything. And I've often wondered if, you know, if I had this wish of what I could grow up and be, if I could be Joanne. But the reality is I'm not Joanne. I don't always see the silver linings. And sometimes life is hard. And the funny thing is about Joanne is I knew that her life had not all been roses. I knew her story. Yet she chose to be that way. But you and I both know that things don't always work out the way we want them to. And, and the storms of life become difficult. And it's really hard to stay positive when things are crashing down around you. It's really hard. I think the, big, the biggest disservice that Christians give other Christians is that we're supposed to be this sunshine in the midst of the rain. Now, some of us can be. I think that's a special gift to be able to do that. But I'm an ordinary person, and I'm not Joanne. And sometimes life is hard. And I'm wondering if maybe you could relate to that. That, that you know, it, sometimes life is hard. That we struggle. That storms come. So we cannot all be Joannes, and that's okay. And here's why I think that's okay. 
I'm looking at this 23rd Psalm. I'm looking at the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. And as I think about those words, I begin to get the picture that the author, which by the way was King David, didn't always have it rosy. But he had this thing that he, this trust. And in fact, this particular psalm is what, what is called one of the trust psalms. Um, I'm trying to find, I have down here, okay, the trust psalms, or a song of trust, are Psalms 4, 11, 27, 16, 62, and 131. It's not the only one. And generally what, what the expert think, experts think about these trust songs is there's been some kind of a calamity, some big problem that's come along and the response of God's people, the people writing these, is this idea of trust. The calamity shall pass, the disaster shall pass, and all will be well. So what do you think the crisis is that's happened before the writing of the 23rd Psalm. What, do you, what crisis or calamity do you think it's addressing? Do you think it was a crisis of death? I don't know about you, but most of the times when I hear the 23rd Psalm, they're, they're used in a funeral. You know, but I don't, I don't think in the time that King David wrote this that it was about death. I think it was about life. I really do. I think it was about how to live when things go crazy. How to live when things don't go the way we want them to. And I think the whole purpose of this psalm is to remind us of the relationship between us and God. Between God and God's people. That it reminds us that God is always present with us. Even in the darkness, even in the, the stuff that happens day to day. Yeah, God is with us in the big things, but I think God is with us in the everyday things as well. God sustains, provides, and cares for God's flock, not just once, but time and time again. The, the First Testament is full of that. It's you know the idea of fleeing from Egypt, returning from exile, and all the other times in that First Testament when they're talking about God's people walking through darkness. And I don't know what would be darker than the time between Good Friday and Easter Sunday. I think that we are a people who understand darkness. And we serve a God who understands it as well. So Psalm 23 reminds us to live in the face of danger, even in the shadows of darkness that might surround us, 
and helps us understand that by living aware of the, God's presence within us, we will be sustained. We will be carried. We will be provided for. David in his Psalms says that the Lord is my shepherd. I wonder what images of shepherds come to your mind. You know, we just finished talking about the shepherds at the nativity story. And I think I've shared with you before that as a child, um, I would often visit my grandmother in a ranch up in the mountains of Montana near Cascade. And there were shepherds there. And my nine-year, nine and ten-year-old impression of these shepherds were that they were kind of stinky. And they lived in, in these trailers and they were pulled by horses. And it was just, yeah, my impression of that was not very um, comforting. And we also talked about when we, when we, the angels came to the shepherds, they were coming to the outcasts, the lowest of the low. But there's another image in um, the ancient Near East of shepherds, and that is that kings often describe themselves as shepherds. And their role as shepherds was to protect their people. So I think that, that when David is writing this and said, the Lord is my shepherd, he's talking about that protective piece, that w the way that God protects God's people. Now we know that King David was a shepherd when he was a young boy. And we also know that young David came up against Goliath and prevailed with a stone and a sling. That's what the story is that, that, that happened. So this is, this, is, this is David, who is a shepherd, who is talking about the Lord being shepherd. So the protector, the sustainer. And then we have this little phrase that said, I shall not want. And I have to kind of chuckle because I don't know about you, but I never have all my wants fulfilled. It doesn't happen that way. But other translations say, I have everything I need. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm fully aware that there are differences between wants and needs. And, you know, I may want that chocolate eclair, but I may need that broccoli. Okay? I know that's kind of bringing a smile to your face, but, you know, our wants are things that we desire that might not be what we need. But our needs are what make us a whole person. Now, I would say with our houseless neighbors, they have needs that we can't even imagine. When they have to live out in the cold, in this rain, they need shelter. And it's hard to come by right now. We need the apartments to be done. I want it to be done now 
but I'm also aware that we need it to be done. And not for my sake, but for the sake of the people moving in. How many of you, if you shut your eyes, do you hear the phrase, he leads me through green pastures, can see that pasture? Can you see it? He leads me through green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. A reminder that we're not alone. A reminder that we can, we can tap into the divine anytime. Yahweh restores my soul and leads me on right paths. It's hard to take those right paths when you're tired and when you're discouraged. So the restoring of soul needs to happen first. David begins the next verse, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. This is an imagery of the shepherd leading his flock from one grazing place to another. In order to guide them to the next grassy field, the sheep would have to squeeze through a very narrow path. And often we don't see that in, in the artistic, you know, uh, paintings and pictures of this thing. But to, that was really rocky ground, and sometimes it was just a narrow place where there wasn't a lot of light. And so when, when David is talking about, um, though I walk through the shadow of the va valley of death, that was a very dangerous place for those sheep to go through. And that's where predators would wait and he's saying that no matter what's happening around you, God is leading you in safe place. David also knows that a staff is the shepherd's crook, and it's hooked on one end, and it's used to prod the sheep in the right direction. It's used to untangle the sheep when they get into to trouble, it's to help get them out of a hole that falls. Moreover, it's used to guide the sheep in the, in the right direction on the path. The rod is a, a kind of a stick that they used to fight off predators. I don't know about you, but if something like a wolf was coming toward me, I don't know that a stick would be enough. It was an oak club about two feet long and was used for defense. Okay, so we have these two implements. We have a rod and we have a staff. And David is talking about how God has a rod and a staff for David, for you and for me, that God has a way of helping us learn and helping us get through those places that are, that are hard and tough and dark and stormy and all those things that we want to put in there. Those things that, that scare us. Those nightmares that we have in the middle of the night. Those daydreams that make us afraid. 
it seems to me that what David is saying here is that you are not alone and God has what you need to get through this situation. If only we ask. Does asking for help come easy for you? Does it? It doesn't for me. It really doesn't. However, it seems to me that being able to go to God, the God who has these green pastures, these still waters, the God who has all of this thing, the God who has been faithful for all generations, this God probably has what I need to get through whatever I'm going through, even if it's just telling me that I'm not alone. Even then, and he talks about how the, the God's direction and God's uh, presence and God's looking out for safety of God's people, comfort. The Hebrew word for comfort is Naam, N-A-I-M. It's the prophet Nahum and Nehemiah both derived their names from that root word. It indicates the inexplicable comfort they knew and ministered with through difficult times. The word... Comfort can be translated another way, though, to change the mind. The idea that the presence of, the of the sh our shepherd changes the state of our heart in dangerous times gives us peace when we can't find peace any other way. In our weakness, God is our strength. And staying close is how we get through it. God will restore our soul and lead us on the right paths. Dear one, God has been and will continue to be with us in dark valleys. God is with us in the wilderness. As we entered into this journey together, none of us really had any idea what we were going to be facing. I arrived here August 1st, 2021. And we didn't know what we were going to do or, or if people were going to come back to church or, or if we could be together and, what, and when we'd be ready to call a pastor. And all of those things, all of the dark valleys up to that point, God has been with us. And now we're facing a change again. We don't know exactly what's going to happen in the next weeks and months. But we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be anxious or worried because, look around the room, you are not alone. You have each other. And you have a God who already knows about walking through valleys.
So whatever we are feeling, whatever is before us, our most difficult struggles and our darkest valleys, we need to remember that God is with us, reminding us that, yes, there are going to be hard times, and yes, there are going to be struggles, and yes, we will probably be called on to change, and we'll be called on to support each other as the world changes around us. The path is not easy, but we are not alone. The dark valleys will become green again as we learn to be the light that God calls us to be. Shadows flee when the light comes. Something to remember. I'm going to close with reading the Psalm 23 and the message worded a little differently, and I find it helpful. God, my shepherd, I don't need a thing. You have bedded me down in lush meadows. You find me quiet pools to drink from. True to your word, you let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction. Even when they the way goes through the death valley. I'm not afraid when you walk by my side. Your trusty shepherd's crook makes me feel secure. You serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. You revive my drooping head. My cup brims with blessing. Your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. I'm back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. Amen.